0: Come on in and join us. Let's stand together as we celebrate the chains that God has broken off us and given us freedom. Amen. Chains are broken, you
1: have spoken. It is finished on the cross. Now I'm living in your freedom. Jesus, you have sent me. Nothing's gonna keep me down, cause Jesus has set me free. Just
2: up one of our gift packs, one of the white gift bags, then we'd love you to grab one afterwards. If you go out into the foyer, turn right, there'll be someone there to give you one of our gift packs. So enjoy the gathering with us today. Church, how about you welcome our guests with us today? give a huge welcome to Pastor Ray and Wendy, who are back, they're back, yeah, yeah, come on, Woo.
3: yeah, come on,
2: it's amazing to have you back with us Pastor Ray and Wendy. Oh, my goodness! It's so good to have you back. <laughs> we had a fantastic nine am gathering. Pastor Ray is sharing, so you're in for a great message this morning. He's got so much to share from from their incredible trip away and and Wendy did lead communion beautifully at the nine am. Thank you, Wendy. Um, MJ is going to be leading communion here at the ten thirty, so that's going to be gonna be great. Awesome. Well, how about we celebrate some birthdays and anniversaries? And if we have, and I know I I missed an engagement the other week, so if there's any engagements. So who's had a birthday? Or a, I can hear people yelling out, but your birthday anniversary, who wants chocolate? Amen. Oh, Chris. yes, Chris's birthday, Rebecca. Rebecca. Wedding anniversary.
3: Happy
2: birthday, four years, wedding anniversary, awesome, fantastic, have we missed anyone? How old are you? Seven, oh, that's awesome, happy birthday, oh, I won't. <laughs> I do believe Rebecca's 20. 20, oh my goodness, the beautiful memories. (laughs) 20 years old, awesome. How about we celebrate, let's stand up. We're gonna pray a prayer a blessing over this beautiful birthday and wedding anniversary. Family, you're gathering together. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. You got your chalkies eh? Good. Awesome. Well, Pastor Sheridan is in Activate Fielding this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you are with him right now. Thank you for your anointing upon him and his words. That's great. Yeah, so they'll be having a bit of green there too. Isn't that good? He'll be happy. Don't think he's got his green shirt though, but they'll be having a great morning. couple of things to draw your attention to. Please, please, please. Keep reading your e-news when you get your e-news. Open it up, read it, because there's a whole heap happening. It's an exciting time of year, isn't it? So um, we want you to keep reading it, because otherwise you're going to miss out on some exciting things. So keep reading that. But I just want to draw your attention to a couple of things. Keep calm, it's Christmas. is coming up. Girls, females, all females, that's for you. Keep calm, it's Christmas is not tomorrow night, but the following Monday. Monday the 14th, you do need to get tickets for this. So you can grab your tickets at the Hub. That'll be awesome. And blokes, blokes. (laughs) This Saturday morning, you've got men's breakfast. More than bacon, I understand. That sounds incredibly interesting. (laughs) Men's breakfast. So. Register for that also at the hub afterwards if you haven't already done so. And also, invite mates to this. Invite your girlfriends to the girls' night. Bring them along. Also, if you are new to Activate, even in the last year, or if you have not attended an Activate DNA before, we would love to, you to come along and we would love to serve your lunch on the 20th, Sunday, the 20th of November we will be serving you lunch and it'll be great to get to know you more and to be able to let you know more about what we are about as an Activate Church. So please RSVP for that, otherwise we won't have enough lunch for you. Please RSVP for Activate DNA. Last week, we received the Vision Offering. Pastor Sheridan spoke into the Vision Offering and and that was awesome, wasn't it? fantastic to, to look ahead, look into our vision. And uh, so if you were not here last week, we don't want you to miss out because this is something that we do together as a church family. So we're going to be giving opportunity to uh, sow into that vision offering later in the gathering. Also, if you haven't received any of the uh, the campus flyers they are available in the foyer there so please pick up one of those as well and that's going to uh, let you know all of the details about it but it's incredibly exciting so you may like to prepare yourself for that which will be happening later on also you might have found on your seats the the uh, volunteers lunch details if you're a volunteer in any way at all we want to serve you lunch it would be great to be able to say thank you to you because we wouldn't be able to do this without volunteers. So please, 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 please RSVP for that because we want plenty of food for all of us. Uh, so get your RSVP in. We're going to have lunch together to celebrate you. Isn't that good? We've had a fantastic month of CIA. There's been some fantastic stories coming in. I know that lo- there's lots of... Um, initiatives that I haven't heard about yet, but I've been hearing some of them and we've been doing some great things together as a church. Uh, the Light Party took place on Monday night. Wow, that was amazing, wasn't it? Whoo, yeah. The, this place was packed over 400 kids. The foyer was packed with, I don't know how many parents, if you, over 400 kids. You can imagine how many parents there were and they were loving that tea and coffee and all of that cake. They were loving it. I tell you, I think we ran out. But it was, it was amazing. Beautiful to meet so many lovely people. Some of you might be here today, but it was a great, great fun. I was like, oh man, if I was a kid, I would have been wanting to be in here. Amazing. So thank you, Church, for, for your involvement in CIA, Church in Action, over October. We're going to continue on doesn't just happen in October does it we continue on in that but let's turn our eyes to the screen because we've got a few pictures for over the month of October have a look Love. that. always time for coffee. (laughs) Even Pastor Ray got in and enjoyed coffee. (laughs) It's important, isn't it? (laughs) Did you see there also the pics of the kids uh, delivering packs? Some of the kids delivered packs to the was it the emergency services around town? Wasn't that great? And we had uh, some people from those. um, I think it was the. A&E or somewhere, somewhere they posted up on on uh, to our Facebook page, the church's Facebook page, saying thank you so much. We were, you know, really struggling, having a bad day at work because it was sunny outside and everything. And then they, these kids come in and just say, we just want to bless you. Isn't that cool? It's awesome. So they were like, thank you, Activate. We love Activate. Isn't that great? Fantastic! Let's keep on taking the initiative to bless our community. Yeah. Well, the kids are going to go and have an amazing time this morning. What's in store? Christmas carols. Bring it on. It's not far away. God bless the children as they go. Bless the leaders. We love and appreciate the leaders. We go five two. 12-year-olds going that way and the younger ones going that way. Anyone under five going that way. Say hi to the person next to you. Introduce yourself to them. going to gather around communion together. I love that. Don't you love it? Love gathering around communion. Jesus said, come on, let's do this. Do this. Whenever we meet, let's do this. Let's gather around communion and celebrate communion. So how about you give MJ a huge hand as he comes. Thank you, MJ.
4: Good morning, church. I won't go into the game this morning. I only saw the first half, so I won't spoil it for the rest of you. (laughs) Um, You know, this uh, morning I'm going to do it a little bit differently because I'm not going to talk out of the the New Testament. I'm going to talk out of the Old Testament. And, um, you know, every so often we have the opportunity to gather together and take the emblems which represent the blood of Jesus and the body of Christ and we remember what it means to all of us and this morning I want us to consider looking beyond um, what Jesus did on the cross for us he died so that we can have forgiveness of our sins healing in our bodies and the redemption for our souls. But the other thing that Christ achieved on the cross to me really we can only understand if we look a little bit back into the into the Old Testament. And when the Israelites moved out, they camped and Moses leading them at the time had took a tent and he pitched it outside of the main camp. And he called it the meet, the tent of meeting. And he went to the tent. And when he entered the tent to talk to God, the column, whether it be fire or cloud, he used to come and surround that tent. And the Israelites knew that was the time when Moses was talking to God and in one point it references that when Moses came out of that tent which he didn't realize he used to shine there used to be a radiance from him like a light and it was very obvious that there was a meeting and that's why the, that specific tent was called the tent of meeting i want us to just read out of exodus 33 15 and 18 Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked. Because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. What Jesus did on the cross, he made it possible for us to have that tent of meeting with God, to be able to speak to God, to be able to have a relationship with God. And for me... We have a wonderful presence of God. And what should distinguish us from everybody out there is our relationship with God because His presence, which He promised, will move with us wherever we go. I want to leave you with four points that this scripture highlights is we need to meet with God. We need to talk with God like Moses did at that meeting place we need to find his presence so that his presence can go with us and then we need to ask God to show us his glory let's close our eyes and we pray together father thank you for your presence thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us that wherever we go you will be with us thank you for your presence Thank you for knowing the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us. And we thank you in this morning. And we remember that in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take the emblems at your time.
5: the very air we breathe in. When we were thinking about the songs for the service this morning, this next song, I feel God said the word refreshment to me. And it may be this morning that you need some physical refreshment. Maybe you're sick or you're exhausted or you're just tired. The Lord longs to meet with you. Meet with Him this morning. Maybe it's a prayer that you've been praying. It could even be for years. The Lord wants to encourage you that He wants to meet with you. So I invite you now to stand to your feet as we sing this song. You
1: give life. You are love. You bring light. To the darkness You give hope You restore Every high That is broken Great are you Lord It's your breath In our lungs So we pour Pour out our praise. It's Your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to You only. All oh, we do,
3: Lord. All oh, we pour out our praise, Lord.
5: Let's join together. You give life. You, you are love. You bring
1: light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart.
0: God's breath is constant in our lungs so is His love His love is constant constant meaning always there isn't a second in the day where He doesn't love us no matter what we've done no matter what we've said no matter what we're feeling
2: couple of pictures, well a a picture in a scripture and I just want to encourage us. Um, From Zephaniah 3.17, it talks about how he delights and he dances and he sings over us and it says with his love he calms our fear and I believe that he is longing to do that right now with his beautiful love that love that Sarah talked about, that constant, 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 unfailing love would calm, calm all of our fears. That's what he loves to do, calm our fears. And then I get the picture of um, one of those really, really nice showers, and and you can adjust, you know, the the strength of it, you know, with the, the dial or whatever it is. I don't have one, but if you do you know you know and you can and you can have it really strong pouring down or you can have it lighter and i i get that picture of that he just wants us to stand under that constant love poured out and we can adjust the strength you know you feel like you need it just really strong on your maybe on your head or your shoulders or just let it pour it out. Or if you feel like you're just needing it, just softly. He longs to pour it out. He's constant. His his constant love poured out upon us. And also, He is right here. He is right here, just as that picture of the shower, the water touching us. He is right there with you. So I want you to get a picture of Him right now, right there in front of you, right there around you, arms around you, whatever it may be. He's right there, close. he longs for you to know that He is right here, right here, close, just as that water is raining down upon you. He is close. He is even closer than that. He is right here, and His love would pour down upon you. His love would calm all your fears. How about as, just as the music is playing, maybe as, the, as we sing that again, we just continue to enjoy what Father God wants to do right now. To pour out for us to stand under his love, for to be in his near, in that closeness, to calm our fears. Thank you, Father. My knees, brings me to my knees,
1: My king for
2: continually there for us, continually poured out. Thank you that we can be near to you always. Thank you that you are with us always. Thank you that you delight in us. Thank you that you uh, calm our fears as you pour your love out, that you calm our fears. Thank you for your beautiful peace, peace beyond our understanding. Thank you for your beautiful, beautiful love. Help us to receive it. May we receive your love every single day. May we walk in your love every single day. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You are good. Amen. 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 Isn't that lovely? Isn't that good? How about you give him a hand? He is good. Thank you, God. Beautiful. We're going to continue in this beautiful atmosphere of His love. It's a privilege, isn't it? We get to continue in His love. Wow. Wow. I want you to give Pastor Ray the biggest hand ever as he comes and shares with us this
3: morning. Thank you, Jen. <laughs>
6: Wow. Just great to see you. You're looking good? Thank you. You like my new shirt? <laughs> Wendy chose it for me. Thank you. Um, I just want to say thank you so much, church, for the, on behalf of Wendy and I, for your, your loving welcome back home. And uh, we've been away for 10 weeks. You know, when you look back now, it seems as though it's gone really, really quickly. You think at the time it seems a long time out, but now it just seems just a blink. It's just gone so quickly. But thank you so much for your, your kind welcome, your kind words. And um, I want to say a special thank you to Pastor Jan and Sheridan and the elders for the support and the release to be on sabbatical. It's been an absolutely amazing time to refresh and reflect, and we are so grateful to you for that. And I want to say thank you to the church uh, for your release too. We so appreciate your prayers and support while we have been away. It's just been immeasurably beneficial and thoroughly enjoyable. And uh, today I want to give you a little bit of a walkthrough in terms of the time that we had away. So do you want to come along and be part of that journey? Yeah. yeah so let's have some fun as we do that. And uh, I, th- I think the, the Sunday before we went, which was on the 22nd, of August, and it seems quite some time away now. Um, I said I wanted to go to Santa Monica Beach, and uh, that's what we did. But why don't you join a plane with me? And because when you take off on any plane, there's always a safety briefing. So I'm going to give you not a safety briefing today, but a briefing on why we do sabbatical. Uh, but before we do that, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity uh, to be in your house today. Lord, it's absolutely wonderful to be in the environment of heaven, heaven heaven-touching earth, feeling your love, feeling your grace, feeling your warmth, feeling your strength, feeling your support. Thank you for the incredible time we've had away, and thank you for this incredible church family here. I pray your richest blessing upon them in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. So uh, a quick briefing about sabbatical. Sabbatical comes from the Hebrew word shabbak. Which literally means to cease to stop, to stop working. And sabbaticals typically run from one week to 12 months, sometimes they can even be longer than that. And a good sabbatical was made up of four things. The first thing is rest, having a good rest. And uh, I, I must say, it wasn't until we were in four, four and a half weeks in our sabbatical that I was thinking, I'm oh, a word, I'm just beginning to feel as though I'm resting. It took that long to unwind, so it was sometimes. So a good sabbatical is about rest. A good sabbatical is about, secondly, about fun, having fun while you're away and doing some fun things, and we've certainly got some funny stories to tell you about that. Thirdly, it's about spiritual rejuvenation and refocusing and looking forward to the next season of ministry, of focusing on what that could look, what that should look, where the Lord is leading, and how that works And fourthly, it's about connecting with family, particularly if pastors have young family. Our children are adults and have grown and and left, except for one. But um, I thought Wendy and I would just really put the focus on connecting with one another. So those four things about having good rest, having fun, spiritually refocusing, rejuvenating, and connecting with one another. That was what our sabbatical was about. And uh, so let's go on, on the journey and see how we did. So um, we left, as I said, on the um, 22nd of August from LA. We left the cold New Zealand, and we flew into Los Angeles. And the first thing I wanted to do was to get a car and go, I think I mentioned to you, go to Santa Monica Beach. I've always dreamed of doing that. That's what we did. And uh, we walked out to the beach. There's a lot of sand. It's about 200, 250 metres of sand. We walk out to the sand, to the water, and I go, Look, Wendy, Wendy, look! There's fins, there's sharks in the water. And there's people swimming with these sharks. I have a bit of a closer look in the dolphins. So <laughs> so we jumped in, or well, had a swim and just thoroughly enjoyed that. We hired some bikes, went for a bike ride, had a cafe, went to a cafe and had a lovely meal. And watched the sun go down. And I'm going, that's a pretty good start. Gee, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the sun. Yeah. Thank you for the sun going down, and we can just be here and enjoying this. It's really, really good. The next day, we were off to the Dream Center. It's a place that I had wanted to visit for a long time. It's a place that is famous around the world for its ministry to the least of these, if you might say, to the prostitutes, to gang members, to the homeless, to children without parents, to the lost and marginalised. They do an incredible ministry, and uh, this ministry started in in 1994 uh, by Pastor um, Matthew Barnett and his dad, Pastor Tommy Barnett, and uh, after three or four years of operation in downtown LA, the mayor of LA publicly acknowledged the work that um, was being done, and there was a dramatic reduction um, in crime and uh, homicides, and uh, they shared some of the stats with us, and 1994, uh, violent crimes, Uh, there was 138,000 in 1994. In 2015, it had reduced significantly to 16,032. Isn't amazing? Homicides in 1994 in Los Angeles were 1,669. In 2015, it's 191. And I just go, this... Is incredible. And this is the, the facility of the Dream Centre. And so we got a tour through this place, heard about what they do, and we got to hear the stories of people who had come in that would just, their lives were absolutely broken. Some just horrendous stories. And how people come along, volunteers, uh, all sorts of professional people, help and minister and lead them on a pathway of recovery. And the thing that so impressed me is what Pastor Matthew Barnett said. It's the power of the gospel, where the gospel is preached, where the gospel is embraced. It changes people's hearts, and it transforms cities, and you can feel it. This place is alive. You just walk into it, and you feel life. It's atmosphere. You look at this building, and you go, it's, it's a nicely presented building. Lots of nicely presented buildings, but the moment you walk into those doors, there's something tangible, there's something vibrant, there's something living of the spirit of God, and it's just wonderful to behold. Um, the, we, while we're there, we also had the opportunity to, for Wendy and I to meet with uh, Clear Half, and many of you would know Clear and uh, she's a doctor, and we met with the Los Angeles Christian um, Health Centers, and that was just fantastic, and I, I'd love to spend a whole lot of time going into that. I could, I could talk for the rest of our time this morning about that, but we simply just don't have time. Um, but while we were there, I noticed that they had two medical mobile units, and um, this is one of them here. Oh, no, it's not. That's, that's my lovely wife. <laughs> I've ahead of myself. I, took the, I asked Wendy, could you just pose like this and pose like that? So I just wanted to get these really nice shots of it. So um, this is on top of the Dream Center looking over downtown Los Angeles. If you look around the other side, you can see the Hollywood sign that we commonly see on TV. And uh, the, just the vision of this place was inspiring. So as I mentioned, there were two mobile medical units. This is one of them. And uh, I had asked when we arrived, could we please go and have a look? And they said, look, I'm sorry, so you can't. And uh, I said, that's fine. So when we were walking out, I noticed um, a person was, was opening um, the door of this particular mobile unit, and so um, I went up to him, and Wendy sort of didn't like the way I introduced myself to people, because I would go, G'day, I'm Ray from New Zealand. <laughs> and she said, can you just drop that New Zealand bit? <laughs> Why do you have to tell everybody you're from New Zealand? And I said, well, there's two things. They sound a little bit strange, so I want them to know where where I'm from. And secondly, New Zealand is such a great place. (laughs) You know, and it really is. This is an awesome country. (laughs) So, um, but finally at the end of the trip, I was just saying, hi, I'm Ray. So I I finally worked that out of my system. But anyway, this is one of the medical units. And we met this guy here. His name's Thomas. And he was very quick to tell me. Uh, after I introduced myself to him, he said, look, I'm Thomas. But I just want to let you know, I'm not doubting Thomas. Thomas means one who seeks the truth, a truth seeker. That's what the name Thomas means. And he was very insistent with me. And I said, Tom, it's okay. I've, I've got a son called Tom too. <laughs> so we had a bit of a laugh about that. But he has an incredible story. He came to the Dream Center 15 years ago. He said he had done everything, tried everything, and his life was an absolute mess. He was about to end it. He went to the Dream Center, to the programs, and uh, got his life back on a journey, gave his heart to the Lord, and then two years later started driving these mobile units down into Skid Row, which is the homeless capital of of the States. And he said, I know what these people are feeling. I know what these people are needing. And so he went there, and um, taking medical teams on these trucks, or these units, I should say, and he says, I absolutely love it. That's what I'm on the planet for. And I thought, my word... That's awesome. The power—I I, just—I was so captivated by the power of vision. Here's a vision to take medicine to the underprivileged, right in the heart of LA, and that's what they're doing. And they're just changing people's lives and changing atmospheres. And and I mentioned we went to the Los Angeles Christian Health Centers, and you just walk into this place and. Uh, The building that they were in was really interesting. In the 1970s, it was a a brothel. And the the city um, authorities said to the owners, you've got to clean this building up. And they couldn't. It just kept being used as a brothel, as for drug taking and so forth. So they came to a ministry which led to the Los Angeles Christian Health Centers and said, would you like to take over this building? They basically got it gifted. And when you walk in that building today, it's just filled with life. There's doctors, there's mental health specialists, there's dentists, there's optometrists. There's just no end of facilities that they're offering to touch the lives of people in downtown Los Angeles. And they're not the only ones. It's just, but you go, here's a vision, birthed by God. It's changing a city. And it's awesome to see. And that's one of the things that really impacted me on our trip is the atmospheres that you enter into when you go from place to place. And going to Los Angeles, overall, um, the atmosphere, I would say, is is extremely patriotic. Everywhere you see American flags going. You know, America's great. And of course you ask a few political statements of people, you know, who do you think will win the elections? I'm for Donald! Okay, you know, and it's just very, very patriotic. One of the other things that we did in LA, and and Wendy said this before she uh, left, she wanted to go to Disneyland, um, I didn't really want to go, and and I thought, oh, okay, if I have tea, uh, if I must, yeah. I went. Just got through the door. It was sort of okay. <laughs> now it was great. I enjoyed the you know the thunder ride. That was really good. It, it was excellent, and I enjoyed the teacups and and all that was in between. And once again, it's it's a vision. Walt Disney had a vision to make a great place for kids and mums and dads. And with work and teams of people, that vision became a reality. And yet without that vision, none of it would be there. And once again, it just impacted me, the power of vision to create these environments, to create these atmospheres that people can go and, and in this case, have so much fun. Through the Dream Center Center, Find life with Jesus. It is so, so good. City's been transformed. It is awesome to see. And I've got to say, out of all the places that we traveled, and you know we spent six and a half weeks away, and a number of people asked me, what was the weather like when you were away? The weather was fantastic, except for one day, half a day, where it rained and it absolutely bucketed down. But when we arrived back in New Zealand on the 5th of October, it rained all that week. So um, the weather was really, really good, But when we came back to New Zealand for the three weeks, we went to churches in Auckland. Uh, We went to a number of them. It was all really, really good. But I've got to come back and say, I'm really proud of Activate Church Hamilton. I I really, really am. You know, they're great churches, don't get me wrong. But I think what God is doing here is something really special and something really, really marvelous. And it's so easy not to be conscious of that or even to be aware of it. But I want to really encourage you why don't you give yourself a hand? Give your neighbor a hand, because God is doing great things in this place, and it's really, really good to see. So after we were in um, Los Angeles, we went over to uh, to New York, and uh, we went through a number of the sites there. One of the things we really enjoyed going was the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. That's where Pastor Jim Sambala is at. It's been, this church has been built as a house of prayer, and you feel just this prayer environment. That particular day that we were there, he was um, ill, he'd been quite ill. His wife got up and said he's the sickest she has seen him in 47 years. And so uh, one of the other pastors came forward and prayed, and all the church stand, and oh my word, we had a prayer concert, you know, they know how to pray. And so they had three services on a Sunday, a 9, 11, and a 1. Uh, We went to the 9 a.m., we were traveling from New Jersey, so it was a little bit of a distance to travel, and we got there at three minutes to nine. And the place was packed. And so we were directed to um, some spare seats, about half a dozen at the very back, the bottom auditorium. And uh, there we were. And I thought, well, this is fantastic. I'm going I'm to take some photos. So I came out with my phone. And I, I, mean, I took thousands of photos when I was away. I was always taking photos. So I was taking photos. I was taking videos and, and all that sort of thing. And then, then I saw this usher going. And he pointed his finger at me. No photography. Okay, that's fine. Then the person sitting next to me um, pulled out their you know, church order of service notice thing and on the top in capital letters pointed at it with a finger on it saying, No photography. I thought, should I take a photo of that too? <laughs> <laughs> but, but we had a great time in, in New York. It was great seeing the sites. We went up to um, the Empire State Building and going to Ground Zero uh, was very... Very moving, um, and once again, the atmosphere of New York was very different um, for what I felt in Los Angeles. And I asked a taxi driver, and he said, Look, "What are New, What are New Yorkers like?" And he said, "We're hustlers. We hustle. You know, we fight, we push, we shove, we make our money, and then we go to Los Angeles uh, for the sun and surf." <laughs> and and you could sense the the hustle and the bustle and the and the focus, but. Downtown New York, is, if you, you, for those that have been there, it's, it's marvellous. It's full of life and vitality, and it's really you know, um, an amazing place. So from after there, we, um, we moved to the UK, and um, we go to Windsor Castle. This is Windsor Chapel. This is the Queen's Chapel. Uh, and I, I was absolutely really uh, just... It was an oh-my-goodness moment. Oh-my-goodness. This looks like a very religious building. It's hundreds of years old. But they've had a prayer meeting in that building every day for 400 years. Wow. 400 years! Yeah. It's not the same person, mind you. <laughs> and I thought sometimes we struggle to get out once a week. And there they are, faithfully praying. And I met the vicar there. And he has a dog to color on and all that. A lovely, lovely guy. And although it's religious, you just cannot deny the vibrancy of faith. They believe God, just like we do, is alive and active and working. And it was so great to go into that environment and feel the atmosphere of God. It was really, really good. From there, we went on to the AXE conference in UK. It's a a three-and-a-half-day conference. Uh, At this conference, or just after it, my most embarrassing moment occurred. Do you want to hear what it was? I don't know if I really want to tell it. You want me to tell you? Okay. So I was doing pretty well with the jet lag through the US. I I had it nailed, at least I thought I did. I get to the UK, I'm waking up at 2 or 3 in the morning, I am bright and bushy-eyed, ready to go. And so we go through the conference, it's three and a half days long, it's great but you get a bit fatigued at the end of it and when it's over, we go off and have some lunch and when he said, let's go to the mall and do some shopping I'm going, that's fine I'll find a bookshop and I find this fantastic bookshop there's books forever and there's comfy chairs to sit in (laughs) you can see what's coming (laughs) so I grab my books and I sit down and I'm going (laughs) Oh, oh no and then one of the, you know, the, the the cashiers walks by and says, yeah, I'm, I'm awake, it's okay, don't have to worry about me. Wendy comes back 40 minutes later and I'm <coughs> out to it. I've been sleeping on the job. But we thoroughly enjoyed the conference, it was really good, it was very inspiring. It was great to meet pastors from the UK and around Europe and hear what God is doing. It is absolutely uh, inspiring. Church has been planted um, lives been changed, dramatic healings, things like that. It was just absolutely wonderful. And if you have the opportunity to... Uh, one of the keynote speakers was a guy by the name of Dr. Patrick Dixon. Dr. Patrick Dixon. I'd encourage you to YouTube him. He's a futurist. He's described as one of the 20 most influential business people alive today. He's a wonderful Christian man. And uh, he gave a great presentation um, about institutional blindness... And about synchronization, how God orders things and works things together for good. And so I really encourage you, if you have the time, uh, look that up. It would, you'd really, really enjoy it. So as, as I said, as we go through Los Angeles, as we go through New York, as we go into England, each of these places has a unique and discernible and very different um, atmosphere. I, I must also mention that when we were in the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, there was a visiting Canadian pastor that day, and he was preaching from Psalm 133, you know the one, how good it is when brethren dwell together in unity, Is like the oil upon Aaron's, poured upon his head in his beard. Is like the dew uh, on Mount Hermon, Mount Hermon is one of the, is the highest mountain range in Israel, and when he said that, I just had this quickening in my spirit, said to Wendy, we're going to go there, we're going to have a look, and it was a fantastic part of our trip, and uh, I won't have time to share it now, I don't think, but I may have this evening, so I really encourage you to come along and hear about that. So after the UK, um, well, we couldn't leave the UK until Wendy had gone and seen a castle. And this is Highclere Castle, where Downtown Abbey was filmed. So it was really good to go and see it, and Wendy was really, really happy that we'd been to Downtown Castle, and I thought, oh, I had to go and see it, Again, you had to go to Disneyland, and, but it was really, really good. I did a trade-off when you. I said, "We can go to your castle if I can go to my village." And uh, <laughs> My village was called Burton-on-Water, and it was this lovely little village. And while we were there, um, we went to this little bookshop, and I was right in my element, and uh, it was a second-hand bookshop. It was in a small room all by myself, and I was wide awake. <laughs> I wasn't falling asleep, and uh, and we got some great books there. But while we were there, they they said that encouraged us to go to a village nearby, and it was and it really caught my attention because it was called Double Thankful Village. Double th- and as soon as I saw, I, I've never heard of a place called Thankful Village, let alone Double Thankful Village. And next to Double Thankful Village, they also have a village called Thankful Village, and. And um, Thanksgiving is a really, really big deal for me. I really believe in it. It's something I've really tried hard uh, and in, uh, impressed upon my children. I've shared about it here. I really believe in it. So when I saw Double Thankful Village, I thought, we're going. So we went there, and we heard the story why it's Double Thankful Village. And uh, in the First World War, a group of soldiers went out and fought, and they all came back alive, none of them injured. We give thanks to you, Lord. Then in the Second World War, another group of soldiers went out. All of them returned with no injury. They came back. Double thankful village, I thought. Wow, that that is really, really something. So we really, really enjoyed our time there. And so um, not only did I have my most embarrassing moment um, just after the conference, we had our our worst lost in translation moment in all places in England. And, you know, as I shared before, I was going up to people and saying, Hi, I'm Ray from New Zealand. And uh, so people would would get an idea of (laughs) at least where I'm from, speaking a little bit differently. And so we wanted to go to the Sally Lung Museum in Bath. And uh, we were having trouble finding it. So I went up to a person and said, Excuse me, sir, could you please tell us where the Sally Lung Museum is? And he said to me, he looked at me really strangely, he said, Did you say, where is the Chinese and Asian eating house? I I kid you not. And I looked at him and I... Chinese and Asian eating house. So I asked him again, could you please tell us where the Sally Lung Museum is? And I'm sure he heard, where is the Chinese and Asian eating house? And he just turned on his foot and said, I have no idea and walked off. And we found the museum just around the corner. So... (laughs) Yeah, so there we go. So in all of these places that we're visiting, I'm absolutely just captured by the power of vision of what it releases and the unique atmospheres in places, be it Los Angeles, New York, uh, New York uh, London, England. Um, and then we head to our next place, Uh, To Greece. And this is, and it was lovely, this is where where we met with Guy and Nicole for the tour through the southern part of Greece, and it was absolutely lovely to do. And so, um, and part of that tour, we went to Ephesus, we went to Athens, we went to Thessalonica, where the Apostle Paul wrote the letter to the church of Thessalonica, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. Then we went to Vera, in biblical times it was called Bera. Now it's called Vera. And then we drove across to Kavala. In biblical times it was called Neapolis, where Paul uh, came into the port there and traveled about 15 to 20 k's and planted the first church in Europe, which was the church at Philippi, which was very, very special and very meaningful for me. But we had the great joy of going to Ephesus. And Ephesus had a population in biblical times when the Apostle Paul was there. And the Apostle Paul was there for three years ministering had A population of around 250 to 300,000 people. It was one of the most important cities in the ancient world at its time. It was on the coast, although um, nowadays that coastal port is all silted up, and rather than the sea being very close to it on its back doorstep, so to speak, now it's over 15 k's away as the area is silted up. Um, it had a very sophisticated a system for distributing water throughout the city, and we'll hear a little bit more about that. And of course, you can read about the church at Ephesus in Acts chapter 17. So I really encourage you, if you've got time afterwards, to read Acts 17. It'll give you the story of Paul and Ephesus. Of course, the book of Ephesians was written to the church that was based in the city of Ephesus, and in Revelations, chapter two and three, we have the letter to the seven churches. One of those seven churches is the churches it's the Church of Ephesus. So Ephesus has a really significant place in biblical history. And uh, one of the things as we're winding our way through the ruins, and, the, and these ruins, I would have to say, are the best. And I've heard it from others; would be the best ruins, ancient ruins in the world, uh, in really good condition, in really good order. And um, as you're meandering through um, the upper part of the city, and then you go down this uh, road. And as you're going down, there's an administrative area, there's houses, there's there's shrines to uh, gods and this and that. It's very, obviously, a very paganistic uh, place. Then we come to this building here. This is the library. Now, bear in mind, I've been to three other libraries, one in New York, one in the UK, and one on a Greek island. And every time I went there, they were closed. This time, I go to this library, it's open, but somebody's taken all the books. (laughs) There are no books at all. And so I asked the librarian, do you have a book on the seven wonders of the modern world? And she said, yeah, it was taken out 2,000 years ago. (laughs) But joking aside, it was really um, just amazing to see these sites. And because you'd walk through this, um, this area right here, and come into, this is called the Agora. This is their marketplace where they would trade vegetables and uh, fruit, clothing, furniture, a whole host of items, spices and so on and so forth. It's a large area. Paul undoubtedly was, would have gone all through that without doubt. We had the privilege of going through... Um, one part of the, the city is the excavation of the terraced houses. And bear in mind, only 10% of this city has been excavated. So there's a huge amount that is yet to be excavated. So we had the privilege, and there were not many terrors that went through these houses. And this, this here is a house here, and our guide, our tour guide that day, uh, she said it to us numerous times that she's a Muslim. But she knew her Christian history very well. And it was very apparent as she was going through, and she made this comment that uh, in a house like this, and it even could have been this house, church services were held in the time of the Apostle Paul. It's even possible that his letter to the church of Ephesians was read in this place. So you're just standing there and going, oh my goodness. Here's a letter written about 2,000 years ago from Paul when he was in prison to a group of believers that could be in a house like that or even could be in that house, and it's highly possible. And you go, and it's, it's a surreal moment. I can tell you it's a surreal moment. Immediately adjacent to this, you can just see a bit of a mosaic there. That's the other part of it there. That's where they do their food preparation and have meals. And so it was absolutely amazing to go through there. This is their... Um, I'll look a little bit higher up you can see the mosaics on the ground. Today that would be like our carpet. It was their mosaics. They're absolutely beautiful. And on some walls, the walls were designed with water features where water, a cascade of water, would absolutely run down and it was there to cool the home over summer. And so they had a very intricate system of water distribution. And you go, this is amazing. And there's another mosaic and wall decorations. This is the Harvest Street. Uh, which goes, well, would have gone to the port, which is now stilted up. Cleopatra uh, evidently came up that, that road there, uh, which is amazing. And then in Acts uh, 7, you read about where Paul is caught up in a bit of an incident in Ephesus. And I've, I've got to say, I've always had respect for Paul, but the respect I have for him now is right through the roof. I'll describe it very respectfully. He's a freak. He honestly is. He's amazing. Going through these different places, talking about atmospheres, I could imagine you'd be in Ephesus with all these shrines, all these false gods, all these paganisms. And one of the things I found about atmospheres is they infect you. They get into you. They seep in. So when I'm in Los Angeles and you just sense all the patriotisms, I'm thinking... This is a thought that's going, America's great. It's seeping in. When we were in New York, and you you can see the hustle. We hustled over a couple of things. I'm going, I don't know if I'd do that in New Zealand. It's part of the environment. And so in Ephesus, this atmosphere is full of paganism, full of worship to false gods. And here's Paul coming, and he's swimming against the tide. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's proclaiming the good news of Jesus. He's saying, turn away from darkness and come into the light. Turn away from death and come to life and vitality. God has a purpose for your life. And there were many that responded, but there was something that didn't. Particularly, there was a guy called Demetrius, and you can read about this in Acts. He's very upset. And he says, stirs up a whole fury in the city. And so they gather in that amphitheater. And you can read about this and, uh, in Acts 19. And here it goes. In Acts 19, verse 33, and this just brings the Scriptures alive. And it's just so amazing to go and see this, and it's so good to share it with you today. In Acts 19, 30, Paul wanted to appear before the crowd. This is uh, this crowd of people that are in a furore. But the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theatre. That's the theatre. It holds 20, or up to 25,000 people. Just amazing. Just on the left-hand side was a gymnasium where Paul also preached in as Paul was there for three years. And of course, when the churches were first started, there were no church buildings really for about 200 years. So meeting in halls, um, a meeting in houses was the way that the church grew and developed. So it was just amazing to go, this is the very place where Paul was. But no tour of uh, Ephesus is complete without looking at this. <laughs> and I, I guess you probably know what that is. Uh, uh, and man, there's, so, there's some story. In, in this public toilet, there are 50 of these toilets. And, of course, people would uh, take their spot. I, I've got to explain it to you because it's, when I first saw it, I thought, how does this work? So you get the first part. That, that's fine. And so you do whatever you have to do. <laughs> uh, we won't talk about that. But, um, but see this here. See that little gully there? Water runs through that. And what they used to do, if you were wealthy... There was an attendant who had a new sponge, never been used before. And you'd pay your money to him, and he would put the sponge through that little bit there and do what he had to do, and away you'd go. Public toilet. Unbelievable. And then if you weren't so wealthy, the sponge was used. Uh, sorry, but you know, you've know you got to take the whole lot, don't you? I mean, we could have Paul in, in the theatre, we've got to go this. So it was just... Uh, I'm going, let's move on. <laughs> but I thought I had to share that with you. you. Yeah, so you'll be appreciative of that. After that, we, we travel to Athens, and I'm going to very quickly just highlight some of this. Um, we, we don't... We just simply will not have time to get through it all. But if you want to hear more, come back this evening at 6 p.m. And uh, for me, the trip to Israel, I mean, Greece was fantastic. Israel was was amazing. So we go to Greece and uh, Athens and uh, I didn't take this particular photo, but I just want to give you um, an appreciation. This is the Acropolis, uh, the Parthian. It's a temple. These are all temples to to gods. And Acropolis means a crop, uh, means a rock or a high place. Polis means the city. So, in these big cities, they would go to the highest places and they would build these temples uh, for these false deities. And so it was a, a polytheistic society. It was just Pagan gods everywhere. And it's, you just, once again, you just go everywhere you look. There's shrines, there's temples. And Paul was in the midst of this. And that's a, a picture of the, the Parthion. And, and then there was these two models that popped up. Oh, sorry, not yet. Um, that's an amphitheatre that's used today uh, where singers and musicians from around the world, it's been uh, restored, or the seating has anyway. And it's just absolutely amazing. Here are the two models. Uh, It's on the top. It's lovely. It was lovely having Guy and Nicole with us. And of course, I can't leave out Guy, so there's Guy. (laughs) So that's on um, Rhodes, an island, a Greek island, so it was just lovely. I love both those photos. Aren't they good? They look really, really good. They really, really do. So up on the Acropolis, looking down at that building there, that's a temple that later became a church. But in Acts 17, you read Paul is greatly troubled. By all the idols that are in the city. And Paul is walking through this area here. It's called the Agora, the marketplace. So, over his shoulder is this massive Acropolis. All these pagan gods. The atmosphere is just full of idolatry. Absolutely full of it. And let me give you I'll try and use this analogy. If you're talking to your neighbor about church, now they haven't been to church, or hardly ever been to church. And they ask what your church is like. And we would say, maybe we'd say this look, it's on the corner of Wairi Drive and Bisley Road. And he'd um, say, so what do you do? Well, we, we sing and somebody you know, shares a message and we have coffee. It's, it's a great time. You should come along one time. And they go, yeah, that sounds cool. So, what is being described as tangible things. But when they come, they're not interested in the tangible things. They're interested in intangible things because they're more concerned, will somebody say hello to me? Will somebody be friendly to me? So they walk through and they come and sit. This is your neighbor. They come and sit in the auditorium here. And the singing begins. And they have, all of a sudden, they don't know why, but tears are streaming down their face. And then they hear a message preached and they think you have told the person speaking about their personal issues. It's like their mail has just been read. And they enjoy a coffee at the end of the the gathering. They come up to you and say, you never told me church was like that. This is incredible. The atmosphere of this place. I walk through the door and for the first time since, I don't know, I feel love. Do you know what it's like to feel love when you haven't felt it for such a long time? In my mind, it just feels like the fog is gone the atmosphere of this place. It's really something special, isn't it? Atmosphere. Well, you think about Paul in an atmosphere of absolute paganism and he's filled with the fire and the Spirit of God. And he says, I go through and see all your idols, but I see you have a shrine to the unknown God. Let me tell you who he is. You know, church, there's a whole lot of people that have got all sorts of idols in their lives that need to hear about what is to them the unknown God, the good news of Jesus. And so I'm going to wrap things up now. Have I got one more photo of Athens? Oh, I just have to show you this. One of the amazing things around Greece and around the ancient world and the Apostle Paul, transportation was challenging and transportation was difficult. And I saw this photo here. There's donkeys and mules everywhere. But I called these guys my three free amigos. They were just waiting there for me to take a photo of them. And I said, you're on. And uh, can you just come a little bit further forward? And one did. It's far enough, I said. And I took the photo. And so um, it was just great to, great to see. So... We haven't got time to talk about Philippi. We haven't got time to talk about Israel. But I really encourage you to come back this evening. But the things uh, that I can honestly say, those four things, did we rest? We certainly feel as though we've had a great rest. Have we spiritually refocused and, and, and rejuvenated? Yes. And there's a lot more to share about that. I haven't even touched on that. Did we have fun? We sure did. Did we connect at a, a place at a fresh and new level? Yeah, we did. It was really good. And the thought I want to leave with you today is that atmospheres are powerful because atmospheres infect us, atmospheres get into us. And the wonderful thing about this place is the atmosphere of God, and we need to share it with our neighbors, with our workmates, with the people that are on the highways and byways. And one of the things I realized is vision is a tangible expression. It's something that is tangible. You can see it atmosphere is intangible it's something that you feel and we have this wonderful opportunity that the Lord is presenting before us which Pastor Sheridan shared on last week about the campus over at Ruakura Road, a campus that's going to be a home for people a church for our community a place that has education and medical and social, a place of activating community transformation because whenever, wherever We have the atmosphere of Jesus, being like Jesus. That means we fight against the tide. And I look at Paul and I go, Paul, you're amazing. I haven't even started talking about Jesus. (laughs) That's just another level of gain. And so I want to encourage us that we're all leaders here today. And one thing leaders all do is act. They step forward. They go, yes, I'm in the game. And so I want to really encourage you as we give, let's give generously as we sow into the village, the vision of the campus becoming a reality and that the atmosphere of heaven would be in this city and the kingdom of God expanding, touching and transforming lives. So we see crime diminish dramatically. So we have stories like I've shared where people's lives being absolutely changed. So your neighbors would come into this place and go, the atmosphere here, oh my word. We've got to tell all our neighborhood about it. It's a great vision to, to sow into, is it not? And we're in it together forever, amen? God is good. He really, really is. So can I encourage us? Let's close our eyes and bow our heads and I'll pray and, and then the, the host team will come and receive the vision offering. Father, we thank you for the incredible opportunity it is to be in your house today. Lord, I want to thank you for vision. Jesus, I thank you for the vision that was set before you that you enjoyed endured the cross and despising the shame, you've sat down at the right hand of the Father, at the right hand of the throne of God. So, Father, as we would give, I pray that we would give generously. I pray that, Lord, we would all participate, whether it's small or large, to see a footprint, a thumbprint of the kingdom of God expressed upon this city, that the atmosphere of this place would be changed for good, And that it would be easy for people to find Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So, Father, we thank you for this incredible privilege in Jesus' name to be part of this story with you. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you, church.
2: How about you give Pastor Ray a huge hand? Thank you, hosts. Well, it's so good to hear what he's been up to, what him and Wendy have been up to. It's so good to hear. Did I say it before? It's so good to have you back. <laughs> Just in case you didn't hear it. It's so good to have you back. So, fantastic. Well, we're gonna hear a little bit more tonight. 6 p.m. is in the youth hall. 6 p.m. is in the youth hall tonight. So if you can can still come in the front and then go round. And we're going to meet out there. So that's going to be fun tonight, 6 p.m. in the youth hall. Parents, can I just remind you to pick up your children when we finish? (laughs) No, not that any of you would leave them here. I know you wouldn't do that. You love them so much. But a question for you to share with your children afterwards is, What was your favourite part of CIA? that will be interesting to hear their response. They might ask you the same question. So what was your favourite part of CIA? You might like to ask someone that over lunch today. Also, thank you, Church. Thank you for your giving now into the Vision Offering. It's fantastic, exciting together as we look forward together and sow into this. And also thank you for being purposed in giving of our tithes and offerings. Remember the the giving stations are on your left as you exit into the foyer as you leave. So God, I thank you for the givers. I thank you for these funds. I thank you for tithes and offerings. I thank you that you would pour out your blessing upon these finances. I thank you for the multiplication. God, I thank you for what you can do with money. I thank you, God, for what you can do with finance. We, we thank you for community transformation taking place. We thank you... Uh, that you would uh, uh, bless this seed as we offer this to you in Jesus' name. Pour out your blessing upon every home in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Also, if you would like anyone to stand with you in prayer as we finish, please come to the front. We've got a, a, a team that would love to stand with you in prayer. Please come to the front. We've been—it's uh, been exciting to hear of of answered prayers taking place. So please come to the front as we finish. How about we sing a song to finish? How about you get up off your seat, stretch out your legs, stretch out, and we're going to celebrate to finish before we go. Hope to see you tonight at 6 p.m. Otherwise, have an amazing day, amazing week. God bless. Chains are broke As
0: you have
1: spoken It is finished on the Christ.